The woman sat under the huge pine tree Birch's late brother, Carson, gave the city. It was presently decorated with huge, specially designed silver-plated ornaments and twinkling lights, also paid for by Carson. Even after all the years he'd been gone, things that Carson McGavin had given this town remained. His generosity to Cardinal, a constant legacy. Birch pretended to rearrange the hand-painted postcards on the rack in front of one of the lodge's windows and watched the girl dig through her bulky leather handbag. She's been out there a long time, she said to her husband, Bobby, who stood behind the knotty pine counter, cracking a roll of quarters. She's going to catch her death of cold. Is it my imagination, or does she look like she's talking to herself? Leave her be, Birch, Bobby said, his deep voice sounding both indulgent and resigned to being ignored. Birch continued to watch the girl. She seemed to be talking to the red shopping bag at her feet. Was she on some kind of drug? No, she didn't look the type. She was dressed too neatly, even if the leather jacket she wore looked two sizes too big for her. And she looked too healthy, at least from here. Most likely, her agitation had something to do with some man. In her 64 years on this earth, Birch had learned a few things about women's problems. Most of them had their origin with some man you loved, or thought you loved, or who thought he loved you, or thought he loved someone else. Maybe she was recently divorced, or running from an abusive husband. My land. Wasn't that an old, sad story? People just didn't raise their boys with an ounce of respect for women anymore. Birch wondered where her family was. Was she too afraid to go home to them? Perhaps ashamed that the dire predictions of her marriage to the bad husband came true. What a shame. Here it was only a few days before Christmas, and that pretty young woman was all alone out there in the cold. She sighed and pulled her blue fleecy jacket closer around her. The weak afternoon sun coming through the windows didn't do much to warm her aching bones. There was a time when she ran around in chilly weather like this with only a thin wool sweater. She switched some postcards around, then turned back to her husband. He walked across the empty lobby, the slight limp from his arthritic knees barely noticeable, and added three pine logs to the crackling fire. The massive, smooth stone fireplace was hung with fifteen handmade Christmas stockings, one for each of her and Bobby's nieces and nephews. She still filled them every Christmas Eve, even for the ones who'd long since left Cardinal, though all of them, except for Cole, eventually wandered back here sometime around the holidays. This time of year was when she especially missed her oldest nephew, the one she felt the closest to, who she thought of as hers, though she hoped the others didn't notice. After all, she was the one who took care of him for the first year of his life, when his own mother couldn't, or wouldn't, as some people in this town would say. June had not been thrilled about becoming a mother so young, and she'd made sure everyone, especially Carson, knew that.
She went over to the blue spruce Christmas tree, decorated with her collection of Western and Indian ornaments, and straightened out a hand-beaded Shoshone horseshoe-shaped ornament. Birch loved Christmas, especially here in Cardinal, where most folks weren't overly commercial about it. They couldn't be, really. There wasn't all that much money in their pockets to buy fancy computer games and the latest gizmos for their kids. Most of the working people in Cardinal were getting by all right, but didn't have a whole lot left over from their paychecks each week. In her estimation, that made the old-fashioned celebrations, like the Christmas tree lighting in the town park three weeks ago and the caroling the church groups did, even more special. Not to mention the Tokopa Lodge's own special Christmas traditions. December.